The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. This episode is brought to you by Progressive. Most of you aren't just listening right now. You're multitasking. But what if you could also be saving money by switching to Progressive? Drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average, and auto customers qualify for an average of seven discounts. So multitask right now. Get your quote now at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates national average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Discounts not available in all states and situations. Walmart Plus members save on meeting up with friends. Save on having them over for dinner with free delivery with no hidden fees or markups. That's groceries plus napkins plus that vegetable chopper to make things a bit easier. Plus, members save on gas to go meet them in their neck of the woods. Plus, when you're ready for the ultimate sign of friendship, start a show together with your included Paramount Plus subscription. Walmart Plus members save on this plus so much more. Start a 30-day free trial at walmartplus.com. Paramount Plus, a central plan only. Separate registration required. See Walmart Plus terms and conditions. What makes Mike Florio the expert? You're about to find out. This is Pro Football Talk Live with Mike Florio on NBC Sports Radio. Wednesday edition of Pro Football Talk Live, NBC Sports Radio. Heading over to NBCSN in an hour. Sims at home. I'm always at home. The COVID-19 pandemic continues. I always stop and think when the show starts, is there anything to add about it? Well, there is in about a half hour. I'm going to press pause on the latest intersection between COVID-19 and the National Football League and devote the 6.34 a.m. segment to that. For now, something that would have been regarded as shocking two years ago. Last year, not shocking. This year, definitely not surprising. This year, I saw this one coming in November, maybe October. I think once Ron Rivera was fired, I became convinced that Cam Newton would not be back with the Panthers. Now, I thought they would trade him. The COVID-19 situation made it impossible for the Panthers to trade Cam Newton because it was impossible for any potential suitor to get an appropriate look at his foot that was surgically uh, repaired during the 2019 season or his shoulder, which was surgically repaired in 2018 or his ankle, which was surgically repaired before that. They tried. They did everything they could to convince us they were going to keep him. That was intended to boost the market. That was four weeks ago at the scouting combine when Matt Rule came out and said he can't wait to coach Cam Newton. Well, the first year Panthers coach 
We'll be waiting and waiting and waiting some more. It's going to take a very unusual turn of events for Matt Rule to ever coach Cam Newton. Unable to trade the first overall pick in the 2011 draft, the 2015 MVP. Cam Newton was released yesterday by the Carolina Panthers. $19.1 million in compensation gone. $2 million cap hit left behind. And just like that, Cam Newton is a former member of the Panthers, and he now has to go find a new team. The report yesterday, just before he was released from Shefty, that Cam Newton had passed a physical imposed by the Panthers before he was released, that's standard practice before a guy is released especially a guy with injury issues. Now, for most players who are released, what happens is there's an exit physical at the end of the season. So if you pass the exit physical, they just cut you. You've already gotten the clean bill of health. Other players who don't pass a physical at the end of the season, they have another physical before they're released and if they fail they are cut with the designation failed physical remember that happened with Joe Flacco last week with the Broncos he has a neck injury hasn't been able to pass a physical yet that has relevance potentially from the standpoint of getting a portion of the 2020 pay if you fail the physical on your way out the door because there are rules that were put in place back in 2011 to give greater protection to players who have an injury that carries beyond a season. There's a limit to how much you can get. It used to be like $2 million. We'd have to look at the new CBA to see what it is now. But that's why they do the physical. Because if Cam Newton failed the physical, and Cam Newton wasn't able to ever pass a physical in 2020, he's in line for that extra compensation if he doesn't play for another team. But see, he wants to pass that physical. This is one of those physicals that both the team and the player want the player to pass. So you better make sure a doctor that you trust to check all the boxes will be administering the physical. And yes, that's cynical, but that's how it works because the doctors ordinarily are paid for by the team. So in this case, they had to find a local doctor in Atlanta to conduct the physical on Cam Newton and pass him. He wanted to be passed. The team wanted him to be passed. Now the question is, will another team that will have a higher bar applicable to the Cam Newton physical deem it appropriate to pass that physical and give him the compensation that goes along with whatever contract he gets next? That's the challenge for anybody who wants Cam Newton. And, you know, I made the argument yesterday, and I've been making this argument since it was obvious that Phillip Rivers will not be back with the Chargers. I think it was after the back-to-back primetime games that included seven interceptions from Phillip Rivers. He won't be back with the Chargers, and the Chargers need to go after Cam Newton and Tom Brady. Well, they already went after Tom Brady, and they didn't get him. So Cam Newton is the one that's left. They need to go get him. And what the Chargers need to ask themselves 
is do we wait to go get Cam Newton until the COVID-19 pandemic has subsided to the point where our doctors can conduct a physical and properly check out the foot, the ankle, the shoulder? Or do we sign him now, subject to a physical, to be conducted later with the understanding that if he fails the physical, we tear it up and that's that? They have the fallback in Tyrod Taylor. They can take that risk. As long as they aren't committing to any payments to Cam Newton, they could say, we want to sign you and we'll do the physical once the world gets back to something reasonably close to normal, which still may be a while, despite the opinions of some. Spoiler alert, I don't think the churches are going to be packed on Easter. That's just my hunch. I don't know when Cam Newton is going to have an appropriate physical, but the Chargers could try to squat on him now, understanding that if it doesn't work, if he fails the physical, a real physical, not a check the box, we need him to pass, he needs him to pass physical, a real physical by a team that's ready to make a multi-million dollar investment in Cam Newton. If he passes that, then he's part of the team. The reason for moving now and taking the risk that he'll pass or not pass the physical later is that there are other teams out there. And I identified a few yesterday that maybe could be interested, just a handful. The Patriots have seen what Cam Newton can be. He's 2-0 and all-time against the Patriots. Now, the problem is the Patriots don't have a lot of cap space. With the decision to cut Steven Gaskowski, their dead money's up to like $26 million. And they seem to be content to go forward with Jared Stidham and Brian Hoyer. But now that Newton is available, free of charge, no trade compensation necessary. If no one rushes forward and Cam Newton decides he wants to play for Bill Belichick and wants to leave his individuality at the door and not, you know, I don't know that he's going to want to do that. His individuality has been one of the things that's made him special. But he gets his chance now. If the Patriots would be interested in Cam, and if Cam would be interested in them, he can go there. And that's something the Chargers need to be worried about. All of a sudden, Bill Belichick wakes up and says, I want Cam Newton. Hell, he's 0-2. What, what other quarterback has gone undefeated against Bill Belichick. And I know it's only two games. It would be far more impressive if it was a team they play twice per year every year. And both games were exciting, close games. One was a Monday night game with a controversial finish. Remember, there was a non-call of pass interference on that Monday nighter, 2013, I think it was, Luke Keekley on Rob Gronkowski, I think. Another team that could become interested is Washington. That's where Ron Rivera is, the only NFL head coach Cam Newton has ever known. And Ron Rivera, now that he can get Cam Newton for nothing, Dwayne Haskins, Alex Smith, Kyle Allen, Cam Newton. Do you bring in Cam Newton? Rivera may have the same fatigue that I've always sensed Panthers fans had about Cam Newton, where you're so worried about his next injury or is he recovered from his last injury that you never really get to enjoy the experience of Cam Newton being your quarterback because you're constantly worried that he's going to get injured and you assume he is going to get injured. The last team that 
occurred to me when I was thinking as broadly as I could about potential destinations for Cam Newton was the Miami Dolphins. Two reasons. One, Ryan Fitzpatrick. Two, and we love Ryan Fitzpatrick, but Ryan Fitzpatrick. Two, Brian Flores, head coach. He was in New England twice to witness the Patriots being bedeviled by Cam Newton and the Panthers. Brian Flores may have emerged from that experience thinking, hey, if I'm ever a head coach and I get a chance to get Cam Newton, I'm going to go get him. And look at how aggressive the Dolphins have been. Ten unrestricted free agents already signed. And I think Miami is the kind of city, like L.A., that would appeal to Cam Newton. Look, Cam Newton is a guy who is going to bring excitement. If he's healthy, we're so out of sight, out of mind with players who miss a large chunk of the season due to injury. It's almost like they never existed. Ben Roethlisberger. We've forgotten about him. Cam Newton. Who? We forget how good these guys can be when we haven't seen them play. And with Newton, there is that question, that concern, that nagging sense of, is he just at the point where he's so banged up He's never going to be the guy that he was. But in 2015, he was the NFL's MVP. And he has had some brilliant moments. And he is 30 years old. You got Tom Brady, who's going to be 43 before the first time he ever puts a Tampa Bay Buccaneer helmet on in a game. And you got Cam Newton, who turns 31 on May 11th. Cam Newton, who is literally a giant. He's so big that he doesn't get calls because they see guys bounce off of him. Oh, he's indestructible. Oh, that's fine. Oh, we can't we can't call roughing the passer there. You can't rough the guy. I still remember the first time I ever saw him in person. I was walking down Sixth Avenue. New York City, for the first day of the draft, 2011, the year of the lockout. The crazy, strange, no offseason program, no free agency, but they had the draft. And I remember as I was approaching the entrance to Radio City Music Hall, I saw that they had a red carpet set up. I saw Cam Newton. And I said, oh, they have the prospects walking across an elevated platform. And then as I got closer, I realized there was no platform. The man is just a giant. I may have peed a little in that moment. Then again, I'm on the wrong side of 50. That happens more often than I care to admit. But I digress. I, <laughs> so, I'm sorry. Uh, anyway, he's huge. And somebody's going to want him. And the Chargers are the perfect team. I'm intrigued by the possibility of the Dolphins making a move. I'm fascinated by the notion of the Patriots getting in on it. But the one that makes the most sense without question, the Chargers, the Chargers, the Chargers. You're in Los Angeles. You're entering a new stadium that you're sharing with the Rams. The Rams have been trying and in most cases succeeding at every term to get fans to follow them and not the Chargers. 
and the Rams, I continue to believe, are behind those periodic rumors about the Chargers moving here and the Chargers moving there. It undermines the ability of the Chargers to connect with Los Angeles. Cam Newton will give them that connection. In L.A., there is no fatigue about whether or not Cam Newton's going to stay healthy. It's Cam Newton. Entertainer and icon, self-described. Remember he told that to Peter King? Then Peter King, I think, told me that Cam got mad at him because he used it or something. I don't know. But Cam Newton, 2015 NFL MVP, one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL when he's healthy, available to anyone who wants him, and the one team that needs to go and get him is the L.A. Chargers, especially after they tried to get Tom Brady and it didn't work. We're going to take a break. When we return, Tom Brady had his introductory press conference call. No press conferences right now, but he had his press conference call yesterday. We'll tell you some of the things he had to say when he made his official debut as the starting quarterback of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. We'll do that next right here on PFT Live. You're going to have to make this bathroom break shorter. We're NBC Sports Radio. 23 minutes after the hour, it's Pro Football Talk Live. Tom Brady met with reporters via conference call on Tuesday. And look, the guy's got 20 years in the Patriot system. He's not going to say anything that is remotely controversial that is remotely interesting. The most interesting thing he said in my mind is that he mentioned, and I had never seen this before, that he actually attended the last game Joe Montana played for the 49ers at Candlestick Park, December 28, 1992, a 24-6 win over the Lions, a meaningless game for the 49ers. Steve Young played the first half. The 49ers led 7-6. They were down 6 nothing. Second half, Joe Montana led the 49ers to 17 points. That was his swan song. And Tom Brady was there for it. And remember, it was Montana in the offseason, earlier in the offseason, that said Brady should stay put with the Patriots. Brady ended up changing teams just like Montana did. And for Brady, it was a combination of he was ready to move on and he could sense the Patriots, specifically Bill Belichick, were ready to move on, which made Brady more determined to move on. For Montana, Steve Young had taken his job, period. If he wanted to continue to be in the NFL and not be on the sideline during games, he needed to go play for a different team. And now Brady will try to do what Montana did, and then some. Montana took the Chiefs to the AFC Championship, but not to a Super Bowl. Tom Brady says the Bruce Arians offense is great for a quarterback, and look, it is. It's got that no risk it, no biscuit. The challenge is going to be knowing when to get rid of the football instead of waiting for that long pass pattern that is being run by the primary receiver results in the guy being open because you may get knocked on your butt, your 43-year-old butt, before you get a chance to get rid of the football. That's the challenge. And the other challenge is getting up to speed. Brady mentioned that 
he and his teammates will be relying upon technology. And there is no limit on the extent to which players can decide among themselves to communicate. And Tom Brady is basically going to be the coach in that regard. He's going to have some system in place to constantly be in touch with Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, O.J. Howard, Cameron Brait, the rest of the receivers, all the running backs. He'll probably even work with the offensive linemen. He'll come up with something, maybe with the assistance of Bruce Arians or Byron Leftwich or Clyde Christensen or Tom Moore. They have a whole brain trust of quarterback whispers in Tampa. The challenge is going to be for all teams coming up with an alternative plan to get stuff done. I'm convinced there will not be an off-season program in the way that we are accustomed to it happening, where the players show up and they have phase one, where it's cardio and weightlifting, and then phase two, where they're doing some work on the field without the coaches fully involved, and then phase three, where it's basically practice, not in pads. That's not going to happen. At all. Because here's the thing. The NFL is not going to let some teams do it. If there's only one state in which the NFL does business where a stay-at-home order is still in place, if there's just one state, unless they relocate the entire off-season program to a state where there isn't a stay-at-home order, there's no way they're going to be able to do it. You can't let 15 teams, 20 teams, 10 teams, 30 teams, anything less than 32. You can't let those teams have an off-season program if there's at least one team that can't. Which leads to what we'll be talking about in the next segment, the decision by the NFL to make things completely level and even as it relates to facilities being open. We'll discuss that next when PFT Live continues right after this. who get it done there's granger offering supplies and solutions for every industry plus over 250 local branches and specialists available 24 7 to help you solve any challenge call click granger.com or just stop by if you want to stop by an nfl facility today's your last chance to do it they all close at 6 p.m local time that's one that came out of the blue yesterday the commissioner sending a memo advising all teams that the facilities will close. To ensure that all clubs operate on a level playing field and that the NFL continues to conduct itself in a responsible way at this time, it is appropriate to outline certain principles that will apply during the current period. These principles have been reviewed with and endorsed by the competition committee and will remain in effect until further notice. There are limited exceptions trainers, physicians who are providing ongoing medical treatment to players, employees who need to be there, security personnel, etc., to maintain physical security of the facility and its contents, and 
technology personnel necessary for the maintenance of the remote devices and technologies that will allow people to work from home. Other than that, they're all shutting down. And the key is to ensure that all clubs operate on a level playing field. And this was a reaction. See, the NFL, I'm sorry, look, they can get mad at me all they want. I really don't care, especially at the current time. The NFL is reactive, not proactive. This memo is a reaction to complaints that have been made by many in the league and the general manager's subcommittee has been pushing, according to ESPN, for the draft to be delayed. And one of the arguments is it's not a fair playing field when some team facilities are completely closed and subject to a stay-at-home order because of the states that they're in and other facilities aren't under that same degree of shutdown and stay home. So the argument has been made by the GM subcommittee in support of a delay of the draft. Instead of delaying the draft, the NFL just said, we're going to shut all facilities. There, problem solved. That's why I was saying in the last segment, there's no way there's going to be any off-season programs this year in the NFL, because if any state of the 50 in this country is still in a stay-at-home mode as this COVID-19 virus spreads from community to community, and obviously there are some harder hit than others, and what's going to happen is others are going to be farther down the path later, There isn't going to be just one national spike and subsidence. It's going to be Washington State, then New York, then here, then there, then everywhere in time. And it's not going to all play out by the middle of June. 22 states in which the NFL does business, if it's not resolved by then, there's no off-season program. Level playing field which is why the facilities are closed now, level playing field. Now, the other argument that is being advanced by the general managers through the subcommittee and also Mickey Loomis, we just posted this, he spoke to Peter King for the Peter King podcast and made the argument that more time is necessary to gather proper information, no pro day workouts. That was part of the cascade that began two weeks ago. Once the NBA pulled the plug on its season, the NFL started to figure out, you know what, we can't have... It took a couple of days for it to sink in. I remember writing about it. Wait, was that before? The, the, the timeline's all screwy because it feels like every day is like a week or a month. But I think it was that same week before the moment where the NBA pulled the plug and everybody started to take it seriously. That's when the NFL was starting to realize we can't have these scouts out on the road. We need to bring them home. The pro day workouts started to be canceled. That was going on before the moment the NBA shuttered its season, at least temporarily or maybe longer. And without those pro day workouts, without those visits to the team facilities, without the local pro day where you can bring in an unlimited number of players who have a geographic connection to where your team is. No private workouts, can't go to campus and put Tua Tonga-Vailoa through the paces to see how he runs your offense, not just how he throws the football to his former teammates who are there for a scripted pro day workout, but how he actually performs 
when it's just you. That's why Teddy Bridgewater ended up being back in round one in 2014. I'll never forget that. His pro day workout was horrible. Remember, he took off his gloves. His pro day workout was awful. Plunges out of round one. Well, the Vikings had a private workout with him, and they loved what they saw. They swooped back into the bottom of round one to get him. Those opportunities, non-existent. You don't even have the pro days. All you're lying on is the game film from college and the scouting combine, if the players worked out at the scouting combine. Some of the pro days happened before things went kaflui. Limited information. Now, Loomis's argument is limited information should delay the draft. I don't think the NFL is going to care. The NFL's position is going to be the information is the same for everyone. Just work harder. Work smarter. Adapt. Change. We're not delaying the draft. We're not delaying the draft. We're not delaying the draft. Eric DaCosta, Ravens GM, says he's going to be more hands-on because of what's happening. This is a challenging time. He told the Baltimore Sun, we can't do the things that we're accustomed to doing. We can't be meeting with these players. We can't be working out players. We can't be visiting with players. So what are the things we can do? We'll take advantage of those things the best we can. See, that's the right approach. Instead of sitting around and bemoaning the fact that you can't do what you've always done, you better come up with a new way to do things. What are we going to do? DaCosta said, we'll have a plan. Rest assured, I'll be watching every single player in this draft and go back to my days as a college scouting director, and we'll work together. We've got a great staff of people, and even if we can't be together at the team facility, we can get on the phone, we can work remotely, we can video conference each other, and we'll make the best decisions that we can for this club. That is how you deal with adversity. That is is how you set an example for everyone else who's paying attention. You don't go curl up in a ball and whine and cry and say, oh, it isn't fair. You take the rules that have been applied, crafted by circumstance, and you make the most out of them. Chicken salad, lemonade. Is there a third one? That's what you do. Now, you can do both, and I'm sure Mickey Loomis is doing both. You can say it should be delayed, but you know what? We're still going to make the most out of it, and look at what the Saints have done in the draft in recent years. But it's going to be harder to match the standard. It's always a crap shoot anyway. This year, it's more crap than shoot. But the NFL is not going to care, folks. They're not going to care. They're going to do it. They've got the stage to themselves, April 23, 24, 25. It's not about the quality of the picks. It's not about whether or not these players turn out to be any good. It's about the show. It's the ultimate reality show about nothing, and it will proceed. We've already seen them put their heads down and barrel through free agency, even though they couldn't do physicals, real physicals of players who were signed. Trades have been marginalized to a certain extent by the inability of doctors working for the teams involved to conduct the physicals like the cam newton trade the panthers maybe could have traded cam newton if the chargers could have brought cam newton to la for a proper physical the nfl doesn't care about that last week the decision was made by the league to go forward and you know what now look we were destined to have significantly more traffic this March than in any other recent March because of all the quarterback movement. But you know what? Even with all the crap that's going on and people paying more attention to the news and people being thrown off kilter, we're going to have significantly greater traffic for March. 
because free agency went forward. And I was against it. I thought it was ba a bad, bad look. As people were adjusting to the reality of weeks, maybe months without revenue, businesses closing, concern, anxiety, stress, and the NFL just keeps moving forward as if nothing's happening. And look, I understand that people wanted that distraction. They wanted that diversion. They needed something to take their mind off of what they were dealing with. I get it. It was a great distraction and diversion for me. I want more of it. I don't want to watch the daily COVID-19 task force news conference. I've got no desire to watch any more of it. I can't. Our governor has a press conference every day. I can't watch it. I'm not getting anything out of it that I didn't already know. You know what I know? Stay home, wash your hands, don't touch your face. And now we're very careful about our packages. They sit outside. Anybody want to come get some free packages or sitting outside for a day? Of course, now we've shifted to bringing them inside and leaving them in the foyer for a day. But, you know, there's information everywhere. Oh, yeah, sunlight kill the virus, leave it outside, kill the virus. Say, the virus lives for 17 days on some services. What the hell? Just wash your hands. Wash your hands, don't touch your face. Or as the great Devontae Adams said, when the flu was starting to get around the Green Bay locker room in January, wash your hands, wash your butt. I still don't know how the latter helps you with the flu, but it's probably a good idea to wash your butt anyway. So back to the point. There's no way the NFL is postponing the draft. And as I say that, I know I'm setting myself up to be made to look like even more of a fool later. There's no way they're postponing the draft. It begins four weeks from tomorrow night. And they're going to do it. And it's going to be the highest rated draft in the history of the league because there's nothing else happening. How many movies can you watch? How many shows can you watch? I know there's a I, look. There's there's so much out there. You can paralyze yourself trying to pick something to watch on Netflix. There's so much on there, but at a certain point, you want something that's happening now. You want a collective shared experience other than the news, other than the latest press conference telling us how bad everything is and how worse it's going to get. The draft is the one thing happening in the moment that we can all tune in for. And we will not, and look, and I, I, I don't want to be, I, look, I, I'm just, I'm not saying this is what they should do. I'm just saying this is what they will do. There's going to be people at 345 Park Avenue that look at this and say, this is an opportunity to get some new fans. You got people sitting around bored. They're stuck at home. What's this NFL draft? I've never really paid attention to it. Well, maybe I will. Everybody else in the house is watching it. What am I going to do? Read another book? I've read the whole library. Then they watch it. They become intrigued by it. That's why the TV show that they ultimately construct around a draft that can be done by group text, that's why that TV show is important. This is their opportunity to attract some new fans. Look, again, it's chicken salad. It's lemonade. It's taking a bad set of circumstances and working it legitimately and fairly to your advantage. That what That's what Eric DaCosta is doing with the Ravens draft, and that's what I'm sure the NFL will be doing with the broader draft process. And he doesn't want to hear from a GM subcommittee, a coaches subcommittee, anyone in the media or anyone else that they should delay it. They aren't going to delay it. They will not delay it. They're going to do it. 
in a way that complies with all guidelines, state and federal. It's just reading off names for crying out loud. And if you don't think you have enough information, well, come up with other ways to get the information. They're letting teams talk for up to three hours per week by phone or video hookup or whatever with these prospects. Get to work. Talk to them that way. Put in the three hours. Yeah, it's no replacement for having them in the building, but you know what? It's all you got, so make it work. That's the attitude. That's what the NFL is going to do. And my own opinion doesn't matter. Because I know they're going to go forward with the draft. So let's just accept it. And let's get ready for it. Let's take a break. When we return, some movement yesterday with some receivers. A little musical chairs with some receivers. We'll talk about the moves that were made and the names that have found new teams. And we'll get you ready for the final two hours of PFT Live as we slide over to NBCSN for that. We'll be back with plenty more right after this. the Carolina Panthers moved on from Cam Newton they added a player receiver Robbie Anderson there was a thought that no one was going to touch Robbie Anderson until they had a chance to bring him in and talk to him because he's had some off-field issues well his college head coach Matt Rule not bashful about getting the deal done two years 20 million dollars Robbie Anderson joins the depth chart in Carolina same day Cam Newton leaves, and the Jets react to the departure of Robbie Anderson by doing a one-year deal with Brashad Perryman, the former Buccaneers receiver. Once upon a time, a first-round pick of the Ravens, who was a major disappointment. Remember last year he was going to land, and I think it was re-signing Cleveland. I can't remember where he was in 2018, but he was ready to sign a deal with the Browns before they traded for Odo Beckham Jr. and actually had an agreement in principle. And the Browns uh, had no qualms about letting him back out of it so that he could sign with the Buccaneers. And he wasn't bad last year with the Buccaneers, but now that the Jets have a need, the Jets pounce on Perryman. He gets a higher spot on the depth chart, most likely. And uh, the Jets move forward without Robbie Anderson. I wonder how concerned the Jets were about losing Anderson to the Panthers, given that. Matt Rule, the coach of the Panthers, didn't need to sit down and delve into the nooks and crannies of Robbie Anderson's character since he had that knowledge of him. That was an advantage that no other team had because no one could bring him in. No one could get up to speed. And it looked for a while like Anderson was going to stay put with the New York Jets. Another receiver on the move, Philip Dorsett. I remember when he was a first-round pick of the Colts and all of the receivers in Indianapolis and a lot of the Colts fans were like, what in the hell? What are you doing, Ryan Grigson? We're already covered at the position. He was traded to the Patriots for Jacoby Brissett a couple of years ago. I think he stayed in New England last year on a one-year deal, but now he becomes the latest Patriot to leave. A lot of Patriots have left. 
we we focus on Tom Brady, but Kyle Van Noy to Miami, Ted Karras to Miami, Jamie Collins to Detroit, Philip Dorsett, as mentioned, to Seattle. They cut Steven Guskowski. And I'm sure there's more that I'm not even thinking of. Here, I found a free agency tracker. Let's be complete here. Let's give you a full picture on everyone the Patriots have lost. They did use the franchise tag on Joe Tooney, and they re-signed Devin McCourty, which is good news for them. But a lot of these guys are gone. Kyle Van Noy, as mentioned, gone. Jamie Collins, gone. Danny Shelton, gone. Bo Allen, he signed with the Patriots. Brian Hoyer, he signed with the Patriots. Deron Harmon was traded to the Lions. A lot of guys on the way out. Ellen Don Roberts, that's the guy that I wasn't thinking of. He's the guy that played some fullback last year. Nate Ebner, one of Bill Belichick's favorites. He signs with the Giants. Joe Judge. See, you've got Joe Judge with the Giants. You've got Matt Patricia with the Lions. You've got Brian Flores with the Dolphins. You've got John Robinson and Matt Vrabel with the Titans. There's a lot of outposts of the Patriot way now where there are people who have relationships with these players and they are luring them away. So the latest, even though there's no connection, no direct connection with the head coach like there is with the Lions and the Dolphins and the Giants, Philip Dorsett becomes the latest addition to the offense of the Seattle Seahawks, which has seen Greg Olson sign. They still have DJ Metcalf, who, or DK Metcalf, or DJ Metcalf as the case may be, DK Metcalf, who was awesome as a rookie. They're gathering more weapons for Russell Wilson. We're going to take a quick break. Two more hours of PFT Live still to come. We'll be back with more right after this. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Walmart Plus members save on meeting up with friends. Save on having them over for dinner with free delivery with no hidden fees or markups. That's groceries plus napkins plus that vegetable chopper to make things a bit easier. Plus, members save on gas to go meet them in their neck of the woods. Plus, when you're ready for the ultimate sign of friendship, start a show together with your included Paramount Plus subscription. Walmart Plus members save on this plus so much more. Start a 30-day free trial at walmartplus.com. Paramount Plus is central plan only. Separate registration required. See Walmart Plus terms and conditions.